Welcome to Ikoi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. The little foxes, church killers, page 19. This morning, you will know whether you are one of the people killing the church or you are helping the church to be healthy by the kind of attitudes, lifestyle that we are living. Page 19, the little foxes, the church killers. Song of Songs, chapter 2, let's read verse 15. Can we read together? Are vineyards that are in bloom. Vineyards are usually very large, and it takes a lot to have a vineyard. But if God helps you to have one, and you are not mindful of the little foxes, all your investment can go down the drain overnight. The foxes we are talking about, they are not really big, small in size, but they are capable of destroying the entire vineyard. The same thing the church. The things that the enemy used to kill churches, they are not sometimes big, big issues. They are very little, but capable of destroying the entire church. So Solomon said, do what to the foxes, catch for us. And this morning, the Lord will help us to trap them. Hallelujah. We will trap them in Ikoi Baptist Church and burn them to ashes in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So as we go through the sharing today, don't look at somebody else. Look at your own life. If any of these things being talked about is fun in your life, deal with it. Amen. Amen. The little foxes can be likened to what Mike Bronson and Kena described as those factors that are responsible for the death of churches. In their book, Why Churches Died, they identify reasons why churches died, and some of them are listed here. We have about eight of them. And the first one there is atrophy. This is a condition of shrunking faith and glorying in the past. Why the past should be celebrated, we must not be tied to it. The Bible says, forget what? Forget the former things. Why? Because God is doing something what? Something new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glossolitis. Swollen tongues of fire. This is a condition when the tongue is overused. 
It often manifests itself in murmuring and gossip. When you see a church where people are, you have more gossips in the church, that church will soon die. And one of the ways to kill the spirit of gossip is when they come to you and they begin to perpetrate their treat. Ask the person what you are telling me. Can you tell me in the presence of the same person? Let's go. The person will tell you, don't worry. You understand? Next time, they will not come to you. Some of us are not gossip, but you are, you are provided a landing space. Every time it's your house, they will come and share. You must refuse to be that from today. More morning. More morning. These are things that can kill a local church when they are not properly taken care of. My hope here is the third one. Nearsightedness and short-sightedness. Spiritual myopia usually manifests in the following ways. Failure to see the overall picture of a thing because small obstacles obscure the vision. Knowing the cost of everything but the value of nothing. Perpetual cynicism and inability to see beyond the cost and the investment. Go to some of our churches. The reason why they have not been able to go far is that anytime God asks them to do something, the question is how much will it cost? Once you put cost before the vision, you won't go far. It's not a function of how much it will cost. It's a function of how big the God behind that vision is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next one, I will pronounce it once. Okay? You have it on the screen, Abby? Okay, can we all pronounce it together? Amen. It's a condition where the arteries are added. Hence, it is difficult for blood to flow through them. Spiritually, when arteriosclerosis occurs, it shows in a deliberate hardening of one's heart towards the word of God and his voice. And Nabal, the husband of Abigail, is an example of one with a hardened heart. Unfortunately, there are many in the church today suffering from the same disease. Let me ask your neighbor, are you one of them? Hardening of heart, stubbornness in the church. You know how it manifests? The ushers will tell you, sit here. You look at the usher head to toe. So if you know the time I've been coming to Ikui Baptist Church, they have not born you. How can you tell me to sit there and you just go to where you like? Anytime you do that to the ushers in this church, you are suffering from what? You are suffering from what? Oh? I hope somebody did not disobey the usher this morning. 
Ushers. You're happy, isn't it? Praise the Lord. As we are talking about church revitalization and the need to be properly baptized. And the word of God is coming to somebody and he say, over his dead body, I'm not doing any baptism again. The one I've done is enough. And you know that you have not done the right thing. You are suffering from what? Excuse me. Will a stubborn person go to heaven? What is the answer? Yes or no? Do you see why some Christians will miss heaven? A little stubbornness can cost them eternity. And there are so many people in the body of Christ, not just in the Korean Baptist Church. There are some here, you know God is calling you to full-time ministry. But you are so stubborn. The earlier you respond, the better. Sometimes this disease can kill. You know the story of neighbor that is used as an example here? How he died. Very stubborn man. He wouldn't listen to anybody. And he died in a strange circumstance. Number five, the toxin of bitterness, the poison of jealousy and vengeance. Bitterness is very toxic and has the capacity to consume its victim. Bitterness usually obsesses thoughts and divorce energy until you are emptied of any other motivation. And the two forms of bitterness are the one emanating from jealousy and that which emanates from vengeance. The story of Joab and Ibnan illustrates the danger of bitterness. This is another serious problem in the church. And it shouldn't be the toxin of bitterness. What is bitterness? Bitterness is the poison that you drink and you're expecting somebody else to die. Bitter people, they don't last. Bitter people have unforgiving spirit. They find it difficult to forgive. Find it difficult to forgive their wife or their husband. Find it difficult to forgive the children. Despite the appeal, despite the fact that they know that it is wrong, it's said in the Lord's Prayer. But then, they will not forgive. Some people even say, over their what? Some will say, when they get to heaven. But such people will never get to the gate of heaven. Not to talk about getting there to deal with it. Can I ask you this morning, whom are you bitter with? Whom are you keeping in your heart that you have not forgiven? You need to deal with it this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bitterness is the poison that you are drinking. 
and you're expecting somebody else to do what? To die. Bitter people don't progress. They don't last. I pray if anybody's in that situation this morning, you will drop it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you hear me tell your neighbor, drop it? There's a story of this man that the daughter offended. He didn't like the man she wants to get married to. After many years of pleading, over seven years, they gave the lady go ahead to go and marry. Amen. And they got married. They were living their lives. But the father was still bitter. And suddenly he discovered that it was just getting fatter and fatter. He thought it was the goodness of the Lord. Until later on, it was diagnosed to be an affliction, which could not be traced. And one day as they were praying for him, somebody who never knew him said, the Lord said, there's somebody that you are having bitterness with. And until you deal with it, you are not coming out of this. The man has grown so fat that the ring could not be pulled out of his finger. And as he began to pray, he released the daughter from his heart. And the miracle that has not happened for how many years, the ring fell out of the finger. And that was the end of that problem. Some of the sickness some of us are carrying today, there's a result of bitterness. Whom are you bitter with? Don't be in the place of God. Give vengeance to God. And let God have his way. Gluttony is its sixth sickness. Always full, ever empty. And this is talking about the Pharisees. They were concerned only with externalities and neglected their inner life. The Pharisees were described by Jesus as hypocrites. And this was the reason for the many series of indictments they received from Christ in Matthew chapter 23. Hypocrites in the church. They are killers of the body of Christ. The last one here is talking about the matter syndrome. The matter syndrome. Obsessive, compulsive Christians. This describes Christians who exhibit ministry mania. They are obsessed by activity and always on the move at the expense of their relationship with Christ. Martha, the sister of Mary and Lazarus, is a typical example. Most Christians that have the matter syndrome will be involved in multiple ministries in the church. And do not know how to say no to volunteerism. They hardly delegate, feel guilty when they have nothing to do, and are angry when you don't appreciate them. Praise the Lord. Do we have such people in the Queen Baptist Church? Don't say yeah, don't say it out. Just say it in your heart. 
Hallelujah. If you are guilty of the matter syndrome, you need to repent. You want to be in every group in the church. It will not work. Your productivity will be reduced. But the opposite of this group are those who are doing nothing at all. We were only satisfied with coming to church every Sunday. But that's all. Such people are also not helping the church. They are contributing to the ill health of the local church. All the aforementioned are little poisons in the body of Christ. They are like the little foxes, the strangles vineyard. Many churches have declined and some have died as a result of this killer diseases. It is important that all church leaders and members, especially those called to the work of church revitalization, learn how to identify and deal with these killer diseases so that they do not continue to destroy the church of the living God. Hallelujah. Can we move to the next speech? want to look at the little foxes, signs of a sick church. Signs of a sick church. How do you know a church that is sick? We have so many things listed here. It's not exhaustive. We'll just talk about them one after the other. A church that is experiencing demographic changes. That's the number one. And this sometimes is due to migration. In U.S., where this is coming from, we are talking about the concept of white flight. Once the white sees that the blacks are coming into their community, what they do is to vacate that community and move somewhere else. They call that white flight. And such communities, most of the time, even though they have built cathedral like this, they don't mind abandoning it because people of color have come that way. Somebody said the Mauritius period in America is on Sunday morning. That's the truth. Because you see the whites going to their own church, the blacks going to their home. And I'm sure some of us you have had some experience in that regard, looking for a church to attend over there and um, very few churches are willing to welcome you to receive you because of the color of your skin. Demographic changes. Do you know we're already having that challenge in the Kui Baptist Church? Have you observed that the demography of Ikui is changing? Have you observed that? The other day, I was asking us in church, how many people are living outside the Koyu to raise their hand? More than half of the church. It wasn't like that before, isn't it? But there was a government policy that is affecting that. And that's a challenge for us to do something in the area of neighborhood evangelism. God forbid... That on a Sunday morning, what happened in Florida happened. And the third mainland bridge is no longer there. Hmm? 
How many people will be in church that Sunday morning? That is when we know that we have serious challenge. That we need to take evangelism very serious. That all these apartments, God will give us souls in every one of them. Hallelujah. Are you saying amen to it? That is why you have to go out and invite your friends who are living in these buildings to join us in this service. Hallelujah. Ineffective leadership is also a sign of a sick church. Sometimes ineffective leadership is due to incompetent, you know, leadership. Sometimes that is occasioned by wrong choices. When we do not allow the Holy Spirit of God to be in charge of how we select leaders, it has short counsel, it has deacons, it has pastors. When it is the Lord that is giving us leaders, we can be sure that it will bring about effectiveness most of the time. Poor management is the third one. Poor management, management of people, management of resources. When these are not properly done, it's a sign that the church is sick. Old blood is the fourth one. Having the same set of people in the church year in, year out. No new people coming to join the membership of the church. And the old people are also not willing to relinquish leadership, even to new ones. It's just rotating among, you know, selected few. It's a sign of sickness. Building campaign, when it is not properly managed, can be a sign of sickness. I was initially rejoicing that there's no building program again in the Quay Baptist Church. Until I listened to the family meeting, church in conference, I heard us talking about number five and seven. I said, wow. So God will help us to manage our building program so that it does not distract us from the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So buildings are good, but they must be properly timed, properly done, properly prioritized. The ingrown family, talking about churches that are always looking inward. They are not concerned about what is happening outside the church. Everything is always inside, 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 inside. How do we, what can we do to improve our church? This chair is not good. Let's change the chairs. Let's change the piano. Let's change the microphone. We are busy spending money right inside the church rather than doing what? Concentrating on reaching the lost outside. Number seven, resistance to change. Resistance to what? To change. The last seven words of the church is we've never done it like this before. We've never done it like this before. Virtually all of us have problems with change. Is that not so? Am I speaking the truth? Every human being 
why we know that the only thing that is what? Constant is what? Change. But at the same time, we don't like what? You don't like change. I've been here for a few months now, but I can tell you where virtually every member of the church sits every Sunday. Do you know that you have a permanent place where you sit? Consciously or? See my brother here, that's his permanent seat. You know, it may get to a say that somebody will come to church and say, what are you doing on my seat? Leave this place. Because you already have what? A permanent seat. My deacon is always there. Praise the Lord. I know where Deacon Robert sits. If I can't find him this way, I know many of you there. I know, I know your permanent seat. Hallelujah. Unconsciously, that is the way your system has been programmed. If you get home this afternoon and your wife serves lunch and use a different plate, you say, ah, it's, you ask question. Mommy, you just bought this new plate. Sometimes we could be resistant to change. And in the church, it's also a challenge. One pastor got to a church and discovered that where the pulpit was placed was not where he wanted. And before Sunday, he shifted the pulpit to where he wanted. And before Sunday, also some people saw it. They came and put the, pushed the pulpit back to where it has been. So how do you solve the problem? Every Sunday, he allowed the pulpit to remain where they kept it. Every Sunday as he was preaching, he will push it a little. Every Sunday, he will push it a little. Every Sunday, he kept pushing it until the pulpit got to where he wanted it and nobody knew that the pulpit had shifted. Resistance to change. There's no way we will not give ourselves to changes if we want to become what God wants us to become. Spiritual ill health is a challenge and where all this are found in the Kui Baptist Church we trust God to deal with them one after the other. Reader, a Presbyterian minister who led the church through revitalization process, identify another eight signs that can be seen in the church that is plateau, stagnant, declining, or dying. Falling numbers in attendance and finance is one way to identify a church that is dwindling in earth. And the Baptist Church, we are dwindling in attendance. I know some will debate this, but we have a serious, another serious challenge on our hand that we must deal with. And that has to do with the youth population in the church. Have you observed that the number of adults are more than the youth in the Kui Baptist Church? Have you observed? So where are they? 
where are they? This present house, Elevation Church, house on, and some of them are our children. I'm not talking about general children, biological children. I don't know whether you see that as a challenge as a parent. That you are coming to a Kui Baptist church and Sunday morning, the child that you are feeding, that you are housing, is carrying his Bible and is going to another church. It's strange. That's not the kind of Christianity some of us grew up with. That I'm under my parents and I'm going to a different church on Sunday morning and you are saying, I don't want a Kui Baptist church to die. Ah, you're not serious. You're only paying lip service. One of the things, and I'm, I'm sorry to say this, that one of the things that may kill our denomination is this thing that we're talking about. Because we are raising up a bunch of people that are not loyal to the tradition that raised them up. Some of our parents here went to Baptist College, you will but and all the rest. And they raised us up with godly values. Till today, those men went to Baptist College, Baptist High School and all that, if you see the way they are championing the cause of Christ, many of the churches that they are. And somebody will tell me, ah, children of nowadays, that's the way they behave. Train up a child. So the first challenge I'm throwing to all of us here, parents, that your children, they are not abroad, they are not in Ibadan, they are in Lagos. You have every right to train your children properly. What are they looking for in Elevation Baptist Church? They cannot get in Ikui. Or house on the rock. Is this one's house, house in the valley? Somebody told me, say, go to us on the rock. He said, most of the acquired members came from Ikoi Baptist Church. That's what a member of this church said to me. He said, what is wrong with us? It's a tragedy. And if you don't shout it on the house top, the labors of our fathers, God forbid, may go down the drain. So charity begins at what? I told him, let's go back home and do family meeting. Are you hearing me? Do what? Do family meeting with your children. Get into conference. Everything we can do to bring in the youth population to this auditorium, we will do it as long as it's right under God. Every encouragement we need to give our young people, we give them to attract them to this place. This year, Instead of having the normal YouTube, we're going to have a convention. You know, majorly to reach out to the youth. Because they are the future of this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. The second 
sign of a sick church is a focus on program, 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 program. We must do, must do, must do that, must do that. Whether it is edifying or not, I thank God that Equity Baptist Church has received deliverance to a great extent from this problem. Most program churches, every program that comes from the convention, they must do it. Whether it is relevant in their local context or not, as long as it's coming from convention, especially our women. Focus week. So we have to moderate all these programs as good as they are. Are you following me? To suit the local church. Amen. Amen. Even though we do focus week, we must make sure there's focus in it. It must be purpose driven. Like somebody will always say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nostalgia and tradition. Nostalgia and tradition. Hallelujah. Can I quickly say that perhaps one of the reasons why young people are not staying in Nikoye Baptist Church is because of tradition. And somebody say, Pastor, what do you mean? You mean this church? There's tradition in Nikoye Baptist Church. I know some of the traditions that I've uh, tried to move. Some of us have complained. Either you go and complain to Dickness or to look and say, this is your new pastor that has just come. This thing that is moving. Help us talk to him. Can I tell us one tradition now? That we do. Very good tradition. But if you dare move it now, after service, some people will meet and say, ah, this is our new pastor. Can I tell us? Every offering we collect, we must carry it to the front and carry it like this. And there must be a piano. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And I quickly tell you that there are some young people that hate that till tomorrow. So our services have to be flexible. It's not every Sunday we must sing praise God from whom what? And does that mean that God is not accepting our offering? I know some of you are already arguing now. See, that thing pastor is saying is not correct. Hallelujah. There was a drama one of the Sundays after service, somebody met Reverend Inie and said, we are not singing hymns in this church. And in that service, we sang three hymns. As the person was leaving him, another person came and said, we are singing hymns too much in this church. 
That's in the space of a few seconds. So. so there are some traditions we must kill for Equip Baptist Church to be a healthy church. Hallelujah. Worship must be dynamic. It must not be rigid. It must not be predictable. Some of us will sit in our house and down then Sunday school. What says we cannot do Sunday school after service? After the worship? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope I'm still safe. <laughs> Hallelujah. Personality dependence. When the church is built around personalities, you want to do this project, you build it around persons. Pastor must do this, must do this, must do this, must do this. If it's not pastor, then it's not anointed. It should not be so. It's God that we are worshiping. Maintenance mentality. When there are no new visions to operate with, the tendency is to continue to maintain. And you don't maintain for too long. Excuses and the victim mindset is another sign of a sick church. When we have the grasshopper mentality, a bad reputation in the community. Number seven. When the church has a bad reputation in the community, God has given Ikoi Baptist Church a name and may the Lord help all of us to protect that name. Hallelujah. We protect that name not just by what we say, but how we live our lives. Your conduct outside of this place will enhance or otherwise the reputation of Equity Baptist Church. Distraction from the gospel. Distraction from the gospel. Number 10, when you have weak and shallow doctrine, those are signs of a sick church. High rate of worldliness, carnality, immorality in the body of Christ, they are signs of a sick church. And the Lord will not permit any of this sickness in our midst, in Jesus' name. Next Sunday, God willing, we look at 7, 8, and 9. To round up, God keeping us alive. If you are in church this morning, you are not born again. You are not contributing to the earth of the church. And you need to give your life to Christ. Shall we bow our heads to pray? Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 5-7 to Latif Jackandir Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook at Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-20485 and 0163-20486. For more information, please visit the church website 
at www.ekoibaptistchurch.org.